entrepreneurs, business owners, professionals who seek excellence, bringing the business classroom to you. It's the Business Builder Show. Here's Marty Wolf. We still got a long way to go. Yes, we all got a long way to go. Welcome to the Business Builder Show with Marty Wolf, the show for entrepreneurs, business owners, and business leaders. I'm Marty Wolf, your host for the Business Builder Show, and along with my executive producer, D.C. Taylor, we will be your guides on this learning journey. Let me tell you my super objective in being with you today. I want to enthusiastically share stories and information to inspire leaders. That's you, by the way, so you can inspire others. The Business Builder Show is distributed by C-Suite Radio. You can find our show and many other fine shows at c-suiteradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. My guest with me today is Claudette Rowley. Hi, Claudette. How are you? I'm good. How are you, Marty? I'm doing terrific. Terrific. Uh, Claudette wrote a wonderful book. The title of the book is Cultural Brilliance, the DNA of Organizational Excellence. And she is the CEO of Cultural Brilliance, a cultural design and change management consultancy. Over the past 20 years, she has consulted, trained, and coached executive leaders and teams at Fortune 1000 companies, small businesses, academic institutions, and startups, helping them create proactive and innovative workplace cultures that deliver outstanding results. And again, she tells the how she did that and kind of tells us some stories in her book, Cultural Brilliance. I'm always inter- in, interested in brilliance of any kind. So, um, <laughs> you know, so let's let's start at the, uh, the, the building blocks, I guess, Claudette. Um, why did you see a need to write a book called Cultural Brilliance. Tell me about that. Absolutely. Thanks, Marty. Sure. Well, I saw, I've been working in organizations as a consultant for about 20 years. And even when I was early, in the early days, I'd, I'd go into a company, an organization, and we'd be addressing different issues like communication and productivity, as many consultants do. And what I noticed over time is almost always the root cause of whatever this issue was had to do with the culture of the organization. Mm. Um, so I got really interested in culture over the years, and then in the last uh, three or four years, turned to it completely as as as, a, as the area of organizational development and mm. consulting I wanted to focus on. Mm. So I really saw a need to bring it bring some new ideas into the culture space. There are mm. so many good books out there, absolutely, but there's something that I noticed about ha- helping organizations have more of a roadmap or a how to. For, organi- for a cultural change, yeah. and also also bring into the cultural um, dialogue and, and communication space the idea that culture is a form of potential, and then it can be really, really brilliant. So those are the two reasons I wanted to, to bring the book out. Culture is a form of, what did you say? Say that again. Potential. Potential, potential. in organizational. That's what yeah. I thought you said. Potential of the organization. Well, that's an important thought process to get in people's mind right right mm-hmm. at the beginning. So in your book, you actually offer, you offer, or there's, I guess the question is, there are all kinds of definitions of culture, mm-hmm. and people are going to look at that, and it's different things. Uh, it's yeah. the way we do things around here. It's whatever. So, so for the sake of this discussion, I guess I'll ask you, how do you define culture? 
Thanks. Yeah. Thanks for asking. So culture, I define culture as a set of uh, mindsets, behaviors, and structures that sequence in patterns and that these patterns actually drive our communication, our decision-making, and our results in organizations. Hmm. Um, Another more simple way to say it is that culture is a set of beliefs in an organization that drive the behavioral norms. And again, those behavioral norms are driving a lot of the business results companies get. Hmm. What are the clues that some things aren't going right in a, in a mm. company, an organization? Well, and you talk about it. So tell us some of the clues or some things that are happening that might be a sign that something's going uh, the wrong direction. Yeah. So one of them is that your culture makes people leave, right? <laughs> people are leaving your organization yeah. um, at, at a, on a regular basis and yeah. rapidly. Uh, time to take a look at what's happening in your culture. Um, if you if you're tolerating bullying behavior in your organization, huh. you have a cultural issue, right? Because that means you're not treating people with, or you're allowing people to, to mistreat other people. Um, you're not saying uh, we need a level of respect here, right? That's non-negotiable. Mm. Um, also, that you are. Um, you're a leadership team that asks for information and data, which is always a good thing to do, but then you don't do anything with it. Mm. Yeah. So it's, and you know how frustrating that gets for people yeah. uh, when it happens over and over again. Yeah, you know? I, co- I completed the fifth survey and I haven't heard anything. I haven't heard anything, <laughs> yes. Or, you know, I brought this great idea to the, to the senior leadership team and they said, can you get us, you know, three more reams of data? And I do. And yeah. they ask, you yeah. know, it, it's still nothing happens, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, so those are some of the signs that we, you know, we see. And, and I think in general, if you, you're just noticing there's a, a, a pattern of disrespect, of not treating people well, right, where it's not safe to bring things up, right? You know, I, I, I don't want to bring anything up because I might get stabbed in the back if I do it all, or there'll be some retribution. You know, you'll, you have an issue with your culture. Yeah. Um, going to put you on the spot. <laughs> so... Examples where there were clues for a long time. Uh, we read about them in the press. We saw them in the New York Times. We saw it in the Wall Street Journal. We read these stories on Facebook. Um, and we're sitting there, especially someone like you who is attuned this and saying, like, what the heck are they doing? Um, mm-hmm. Maybe Uber is an easy one. I don't know. I'll throw that one out for discussion. Yeah. What, yeah, what What the heck were they doing? What the heck? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, it's, it, it's, it's a really interesting question because they – you know, and it's we're, the, we're outsiders looking in, right? So yeah. we, I always give the caveat that we don't have all the information um, about what was actually going on. But based on what I read about, you know, because, you know, I talk about another way I'll describe culture when I'm in a company sometimes is I'll say it's like a, it's like your family culture. You, whether you like your family culture or you don't like it, you know how it works, right? You absolutely understand what you're supposed to do and not do in that culture. Mm-hmm. And so in organizations, that same feeling often um, evolves where everyone knows what to say or do, but they don't, you know, and they may not like it, but they know what the rules are. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think in a case where you see a, an Uber or, you know, um, you know, Papa, Jean, Papa John's, I think it was, you, yeah. see, you know, the cases recently yeah. um, sure. where, where things have, have gone awry. Yeah there was something going on in the culture that allowed that to occur. So we might point to the leader, right? Cause I mean, the leader is huge in, in the culture. Absolutely. Sure. But there was also something in the cultural makeup, the water, so to speak, that allowed those behaviors that, to go on for a long period of time and made it okay. Yeah. Um, and that's an example of how the culture can really create a situation uh, that we, nobody really wants. 
Yeah, and to use the water analogy, the, the problems may be there, and and they're but they're not bubbled up. They're not allowed to come to the surface um, for whatever reasons. I guess it's cultural, like you've already said that they just uh, people are afraid to speak up. Um, yeah. they they don't they won't challenge anything or anybody. You know, it's interesting. Yeah. It's interesting, Claudia, because turnover is a big part of that. So obviously, I'll agree. That's smart that they're leaving because they're unhappy with the culture for whatever reason. They're bullied or, you know, there's stuff going on. I guess I just. Why does this continue? I guess that's. A, yeah, I just I guess it's good for people like you. But yeah, with everything, all the news sources and with all the things going on and not only that, but. You know, there's job opportunities everywhere. Maybe that's why there's turnover, I guess. I, I, I don't know. Why is this continuing? Well, what's going on in our organizations, small and big, that this is continuing? I think it's continuing because, you know, it's been allowed to exist for a long uh, period of time, right? And yeah. so now yeah. now we see our, our the commentary on culture and that some and the dynamics we were just talking about, right, in some of these companies. Yeah. Probably, I'm guessing... I don't know, five to 10 years ago, wouldn't have been viewed as that big of a deal necessarily. Ah, good and point. so now, yeah. you know, I mean, they would have been, but not as much as now, right? Yeah. yeah. So now we're saying, so we're kind of like late to the game in the sense of saying, no, 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 this is not acceptable anymore. Yeah. Um, so I could see that we're kind of, ca- we're catching up to it. So I think over time, hopefully it will stop existing. You know, we're going to see culture and improve and improve. And I like you said, it's good for people like me, but I'm also one of those people who also would love to be worked out of a job, you know? Like, yeah. you don't need me anymore because everyone has good culture, right? I'm, I'm with you. But in the meantime, yeah. there's a lot of opportunities for Claudette Rowley. Her last name is spelled R-O-W-L-E-Y. Her book is Cultural Brilliance, the DNA of Organizational Excellence. And I believe this was just released. Am I accurate? It, it was just released. It was released in early um, January, but our big launch day was actually yesterday, January 22nd. Well, lucky for you, are on the Business Builder Show now. You're going to go worldwide. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm not making any guarantees in case you're asking. You know? Oh, no. no, no, no. <laughs> um, what's the best ways for people to connect with you, Claudette? Websites, uh, you, you make the su- suggestions on people where they can connect with you to learn more. The website's a great place, which is culturalbrilliance.com. All right. And, yeah, That's and to email. Yeah, so you oh. can go to culturalbrilliance.com, learn about the book, learn about you, uh, all that kind of good stuff. So mm-hmm. so that's the best place to go. So you alluded to it a few minutes ago um, that I, I guess I'll ask it this way. Like, if you have a particular past history um, and then there's some point where you want to turn it around or move forward positively – Mm-hmm. isn't that kind of hard because you have history, you have existing culture. It, it, that's kind of hard, isn't it? It, it, can, it can be challenging, but that's one of the, you know, like when you asked me at the beginning, why did I write this book? Well, that's one of the reasons, right, was to give people a path forward and a, a way to do it. Yeah. Um, so, I, you know, and I'm not one of those uh, one of those people who says, oh, here are three magic things you do and you'll transform your culture. Yeah. <laughs> because like you said, it, it takes some sweat equity yeah. and it is entirely possible and the outcome you get is going to be much better than what you have right yeah. now. Yeah. Give me some steps. You can go in any order that you want. I mean, uh, I yeah. love the adaptogen uh, design thing. That That's pretty cool. I love that. That's a, mm-hmm. uh, I like that. But give us a couple of steps that you want to make sure that people know and understand what's in the book that can help them. I will. Yeah. So we'll definitely get to adaptogen, but just two steps before that. Sure. Really important. Sure. One is that, um, is that you, I call it the authenticity 
phase in the book, but all that really means is you take the time to understand how your culture really operates. So you can't change what you don't understand or, you know, you'll make a big mess of it typically. Mm -hmm. Um, So really, you know, going through assessment processes and whatever needs to happen to understand at a deep level how your culture operates right now. So what's going well and what, what isn't. And something that goes hand in hand with that is creating what I call a cultural safety zone. And all that means is in your organization, you have some ground rules around making it safe to talk about culture so that people can actually tell the truth about their experience mm-hmm. without being worried that something bad's going to happen to them. Mm-hmm. So you have some ground rules, you decide what's confidential, what's not, um, and that's outlined in the book. Mm-hmm. And then once you you know we've gathered all this information from the assessment phase, um, you know, and the organization at that point usually said, okay, we know what parts of our culture we want to keep, we know what we don't want to keep, we know what kind of culture we need, right, to succeed and, and become more brilliant in the way we talk about that. Then we do move into, as you mentioned, adaptogen design, and adaptogen design is is the the phase of the system where everybody in the organization comes together and actually collaboratively designs Mm -hmm. how they want their new culture to work. Mm -hmm. And so, but of course, if you have a 5,000 person company, not everybody's involved, but you have representatives from all different departments and teams, right? Mm -hmm. You have full representation. And I use the word adaptogen because just for folks who aren't familiar, um, adaptogens are natural substances like maca or ginseng um, that some people take and it helps them uh, restore the balance Mm -hmm. to their physical system. So I applied that idea to culture because ideally what we want to do, of course, is have cultures that become adaptable so that if a change comes in or a competitor or some sort of threat, external threat enters the culture or the organization, the culture can actually rebound and adapt positively and proactively to what's occurred. Mm. So that's what that's about. Mm. Um, and then when the, once the organization's done some design work, um, we move into the implementation piece of it. Yeah. 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 Uh, the word truth popped into my brain because you talk mm-hmm. about that, the ability and or desire to be truthful. Um, mm-hmm. And you do address it in the book, but address it yeah. a little clearer here for me. Sure. To get started takes quite a bit of preparation to to create the fertile soil for this to take place. Does it not, Claudette? Tell, give me more details on, uh, you know, how to get to that point where you're uh, you feel comfortable telling the truth. What's the preparation mm-hmm. for all that? Yeah, the preparation is that we in, in very consciously, you know, intentionally and consciously have conversations. Let's say I'm going into an organization or an organization deciding to do this on their own, right? Yeah. So how, what are, what are the, what are we going to put in place so that people will tell us the truth? So might even be deciding that um, literally, like I said, having a set of guidelines or ground rules, like sure. it's okay to tell the truth. Sure. Um, no one is going, you know, there's no punishment for telling the truth. Right. We're going to be honest here, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And, and so you literally, you, you, everyone comes up with that set of guidelines together. But one of the things that people almost always want to know is how is this information going to be used? Mm. So if I tell you the truth, what are you going to do with it? Mm, right? Great. Yeah, great point. So mm. that has to be super clear and everyone has to agree on it. Yeah. Um, and you have to, and if, if, leaders or other folks in the organization don't hold to that commitment. Yeah. They've, that's a bit, wow. Wow. They've betrayed a tremendous amount of trust. Great point. And you said the word leaders. And I thought to myself, most leaders, I don't know if that's a fair statement. Most, 
a lot of leaders want to move fast. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, we have a cultural problem here. Um, let's uh, let's write a new uh, let's write a new memo. And by Tuesday, we're going to have an improved culture. Leaders tend to want to move right. fast. Am I right? <laughs> Most of them, right? I find <laughs> some who who are moving, you know, more slowly sometimes than needed. But yeah, I agree with you. And and you, yeah, the memo that comes out via email, right? And there's no discussion. Yeah. Yeah. So what role <laughs> do leaders play? In getting the cultural brilliance, what what role do you recommend in your book? And and, and can you tell yeah. us about you know whether you're a big company, a small company? What role would you recommend that they play? Mm-hmm, yeah, and they play as we know an incredibly important role. And the the, fir- the first role that they play is a, is not a fast one. It's it's a listening one. Mm. And I'd, I'd like to just make two points related to listening, just because this is a particular kind of listening. One is that they're willing to listen, what I call listen to what they hear, mm-hmm. which means they're not just selectively listening to what they wanted to hear. Mm. They're open to listening to everything. It doesn't mean they agree with it, mm-hmm. but they're open to hearing it and considering it as, as potentially valid. Mm-hmm. The other aspect of listening that's really important is I often will work with leaders, and these are as we, you know, great leaders, smart leaders, et cetera, well-intentioned, but they'll say to me, well, Claudia, that should be different. And I'll say, well, I'm sure that it should be different, but it isn't. <laughs> so, yeah. right, you know, it, these people just should be more efficient. I, you know, if they just were, we'd be fine. I'm like, well, I'm sure they should be, and yeah. they're not. So we need to look at reality. Yeah. Wow. Uh, so those are two kinds of listening. listening. And I notice those are, you know, we all have blind spots, right? And those can be two places. Some leaders, once they get past that and they hear it, they're willing to hear it and listen differently, then they can say, oh, I get it now more. Okay. Well, that's an important step. I mean, there's coaching right there that you do and that has to be done so that they, in fact, know. Because, again, I'm grouping so-called leaders together. They are not known for listening. They're known for talking and directing. So that's a coaching opportunity, is it not, for you and and for anybody who wants to improve that way? It it is a big coaching opportunity because something often something really important and positive happens once a leader is able to make that shift. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So give me the definition of cultural brilliance. Will I know when I get there? What does it feel like? What does it look like? Uh, tell me what cultural brilliance means. Absolutely. So I'll give you the official definition and then, okay. and then address the how, how it feels and how you know part. Okay, <laughs> so, go. <laughs> the, uh, so the official definition is that brilliant cultures are organizational systems that, um, that proactively respond to change in ways that decrease stress, inspire learning, and promote organizational success or health. Mm. Um, so they are cultures that will, over time, sometimes anticipate change, anticipate a problem, right? Mm. So they're not so reactive and mm. be able to use that as something that actually increases their success, right? Mm-hmm. And I think the de- people often resonate with the idea of decreasing stress, right? Yeah. And inspiring the learning and success. So we're, we want to keep those going in the right directions. To your second question about, I don't even know when we're there, right? I think one of the things that happens when, I, when I've um, helped companies move through the cultural brilliance process, the system, is that every, their culture, every cult, we, we know this, every culture is unique, right? So they, they're brilliant. One person's brilliant. One culture's brilliance is not another culture's brilliance. So uh-huh. it's a little bit individual, like a you know, thumbprint. Sure. But it's a fingerprint. But there's a feeling of, um, of ener- good energy, positivity, um, what I also notice in these cultures that people can solve problems effectively. Yeah. Yeah. And, and 
And and for me, that means we've identified a root cause, we've had a good discussion, we've decided who's going to do what and execute it, and then we also go back and see if it worked. Yeah. So that piece, you know, and we know how many companies struggle with that sometimes. Yes. Um, and then there's there's a way in which people really, there's a trust, that psychological safety, that, you know, newer-ish term um, that we've, sure. you know, been talking about a lot in organizations that there is that that level that people can learn because they know they're in a trusting environment and that they're willing to give each other feedback. So just because we trust each other doesn't mean we're not going to say, do you mind if I share some in, some insights with you? Right. I noticed X, Y or Z and I'd like to share some feedback. Yeah. 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 And this leads to and there's all kinds of documentation. I have uh, companies who I've interviewed who are doing the kinds of things that you're describing uh, yeah. What's what's not to like? Uh, decrease stress. Uh, you have an ability to communicate. You can fear, feel free to uh, tell the truth. You can contribute to to the future. You can look around corners and make suggestions. I want to work there, Claudette. I mean, I'm in. Sounds great. And you know, <laughs> and and what does that do? It definitely leads to quote unquote success, and that's going to be defined a different way. You know, you're going to you know profitability, but. The, the, st- the statistics are in this, this, uh, your, your approach absolutely has a positive effect. So, uh, again, my guest is Claudette Rowley, R-O-W-L-E-Y. Her book is Cultural Brilliance, the DNA of Organizational Excellence. Get this before your competition gets it, by the way. What's, what's the, uh, what's the memorable moment or the memorable thought you want to drive home before we wrap up, Claudette? Memorable thought, I think. One of the things that I notice in organizations when this starts to take hold, right, what we've discussed today, even if it's at the beginning phases, is I see the light come back on in people's eyes, people Mm. who have been disengaged. Mm -hmm. And so if you're a leader or you have, you know, even an unofficial leadership role in your organization, watch for that light to come on. Watch for people who have maybe never shared an idea at a meeting before start to share it and capitalize on that energy and keep it going. It's subtle, but huge. So that's the thing I would leave people with is watch for that. That is so strong. Uh, Yeah. Look for the glimmers of hope, if you will, and capitalize, keep the momentum going. And one of the ways you can do that is to buy cultural brilliance, the DNA of organizational excellence by Claudette Rowley. Claudette, thank you so much for being on the business builders show. Thanks so much, Marty. I really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the business builders show with Marty Wolf. Reminding you to find all our shows and many other great shows on C-Suite Radio. That's c-suiteradio.com. On behalf of myself, Marty Wolf, your host, and D.C. Taylor, my executive producer, thank you for listening to the Business Builder Show, but stay tuned for information on how you can become part of the C-Suite Network. Bringing the business classroom to you. It's the Business Builder Show with Marty Wolf. As a loyal fan of this C-Suite Radio show, we've got an unbelievable offer for you. Listeners to the Business Builder Show get 50% off a C-Suite Network membership. The C-Suite Network will help you become the most strategic person in the room. You'll have access to top-notch benefits and networking, all helping you get the most out of your position. Take advantage of this limited-time offer today. Learn more about the C-Suite Network membership at c-suitenetwork.com slash CSR. Again, that's 50% off a C-Suite Network membership at c-suitenetwork.com slash CSR.